Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 163. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, let's join together and thank our sponsor, Audible, as they make our daily show possible. Support Entrepreneur on Fire and go grab your free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com slash fire. That's audiblepodcast.com slash fire. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Terry Lynn. Terry, are you prepared to ignite? Let's light it up. <laughs> All right. Terry hosts the number one e-commerce podcast on iTunes called Build My Online Store with downloads in over 100 countries. With unique expertise drawn from interviewing successful e-commerce businesses all around the world, Terry also advises businesses with their online marketing strategies to create systems in place to find better prospects, generate more sales, and build authority in the customer's minds. Given Fire Nation a little overview, Terry, but why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself. We want to get to know you, and then tell us about your business. Awesome. So my name's Terry. I run a website and podcast called Build My Online Store, uh, and it's targeted in the e-commerce field where I show how uh, e-commerce entrepreneurs build their businesses through interviewing them, kind of like yourself, uh, and how Andrew Warner does on Mixergy. And so we talk about everything uh, that goes into e-commerce, uh, whether it's product sourcing, marketing, customer development. Uh, you know, the mistakes they made, the mindset challenges they go through, and kind of everything in between. And the cool thing is that uh, I've had three stores that were on the Shark Tank before, so it was really fun uh, doing follow-up interviews with them. Uh, one of them was uh, Barbara Corcoran's investment, uh, Nardo's Naturals, uh, from these four guys in Florida. And one of them is uh, Tower Paddleboards out in Pacific Beach of San Diego, which is a yeah, I saw that one. That was a great one. Yeah, and so it's fun talking about you know how they've grown since then and what's it like working with a shark and kind of uh, the great thing about the show is that I interview businesses that are in the fifty thousand a year range up to four million. So you really see a good perspective of how e-commerce works at different spectrums and kind of the different challenges uh, of scaling as a business grows. And so uh, through that, I've taken expertise into doing some consulting for the e-commerce businesses just because uh, I've talked to so many businesses. I know what works, what doesn't uh, in each situation that I can apply this uh, to add value from there. Man, well, I'm excited to tune into this podcast. It sounds like you got a lot of great guests. It sounds like you have a lot of great content. What's the uh, consistency and the approximate time for each one of these podcasts, Terry? Sure. So I publish the podcast every Sunday. Uh, they usually go for about 45 to an hour long. Sometimes it depends on how deep we go with each business. Very cool. So listen, Terry, before we delve even more into what you have going on right now with your e-commerce world... Let's talk about a success quote, because an Entrepreneur on Fire, we love getting that motivational ball rolling, and I know you have a great quote for us today, so take it away. Sure. This quote comes from, I guess, the Greek philosopher Aristotle, and he says, uh, we are repeatedly what we do. Excellence, therefore, is not an act, but a habit. Aristotle. He is definitely underquoted on Entrepreneur on Fire, for sure. Take it down to the ground level, Terry. How do you actually apply this quote to your everyday life, to your mentality? Sure. So one thing you notice about the really successful people like Richard Branson or kind of like the big, you know, Bill Gates type of entrepreneurs, they're always very disciplined with something in their life, whether it's kind of exercise or they have this kind of routine. And so, you know, when I saw this quote, I was like, hey, 
you know, this is something that actually makes sense because, you know, every day when I wake up, I actually still have a day job while I'm building this podcast and business on the side. Uh, what I do is I always write down three things I need to complete by the end of the day on my iPhone. So they could be uh, small tasks such as, you know, interacting with a listener, uh, reaching out to a guest or kind of reaching out uh, to do some consulting. And so the nice thing is that when you break down a big goal into these small steps, uh, they become much more manageable and kind of the fear of failure doesn't uh, creep up as much. And so it also keeps you off from slacking because you're only giving yourself three things to do. So if you can't finish this, you know, you kind of feel bad uh, when something this simple can't be done. And so if you think about it, doing three to five tasks every day, just something small, uh, kind of maybe for an hour or two a day, if a lot of your listeners are still in a day job thinking about making the leap, you know, three tasks a day can amass to snowball you know, over a thousand tasks within a year. And so I think it boils down to just having discipline and willpower to keep the momentum going and by doing small things like these. Keeps the fear of failure from creeping up. I love that quote, Terry. And it's so true. If we can just accomplish something and actually appreciate what we have accomplished throughout the day, it really makes us feel like we're continuing to move that ball forward. And that's so important. So thank you for sharing that. It's a perfect lead into our next topic, which is failure, which are challenges and obstacles that as entrepreneurs, we face every single day. But Terry, take us back to a time in your journey when you just failed, when you came up against an obstacle that you had to dig so deep to overcome. And then tell Fire Nation how you overcame this obstacle. Sure. So my journey is still in the very early stages, but you know, the biggest thing was overcoming the fear of putting myself out there and just getting started. And in some ways, uh, you know, when you're starting out, you're always wondering, you know, do I need permission to do this? Because when you're at a job, there's a boss, there's people to report to. It's very easy to get permission there. But uh, when you're an entrepreneur, you're starting something out on the side or doing going at it, you know, guns blazing, you know, you really can only get this permission from yourself. And you have to say, you know, this is who I am. Uh, this is what I'm building. And, you know, here I am in front of the world. And so uh, the kind of big, the big story of this kind of comes from two stages. And so, uh, you know, I first read the four hour work week in 2008. And I actually didn't do anything after it. I always thought I would figure it out someday. And at that time, I was working in political fundraising in California, working for Schwarzenegger, uh, and even Governor Romney uh, way before he ran for president. And so I just kept pushing it off thinking I'll magically figure it out one day, maybe I'll hire a VA and it'll just work itself out. But uh, you know, kind of uh, when you're just starting out and you think that way, things don't work out. And so the industry collapsed in 2008. And then I moved back to Asia, uh, where I currently am right now. Uh, and my family lives here. And I got into actually the finance world at an investment bank in a stock brokerage. And so I thought, okay, this was it. Because people dream about being in kind of these air quote prestigious industries like these. And, you know, especially being uh, coming up from an Asian culture, you kind of have to be a doctor, a lawyer, or banker. And, you know, I thought I made it. And so for the next two to three years, I kind of lied to myself saying, you know, you have this all set, just keep going down this path. Uh, you know, everyone likes what you're doing and you just don't change anything. But deep down, I knew there was something wrong in my gut feeling and I kept ignoring it. Uh, kind of when you work long 12, 16 hours a day, uh, you end up buying kind of expensive stuff just to justify your existence. And so, you know, I have like these expensive suits that are, you know, $2,000 and I cringe when I think about it now that I'm in kind of entrepreneur building something on the side and I need the cash flow. And so, you know, for a lot of people who kind of are bankers, lawyers or consultants in these fields, I think unless they're truly passionate about it, most of them are in it for the money. And so, uh, this was just a band-aid for a deeper problem that I realized later on and that, you know, the thing where society says, you know, take these prestigious jobs, go to school, get a job, uh, do it for 20, 30 years, retire, and you'll be taken care of. You know, this promise was really not as cut out the way it was to be. And so in the end, uh, I wasn't happy with my life and I had to kind of have this wake-up call to realize that, hey, you know, I need to build my own business to take control of my own life and to be where I want to be. 
I love that for so many levels. And going back to what you first said, you had a problem asking for permission. Because for me, that just always brings me back to when I was in the military. And one of my platoon sergeants came up to me and said, Lieutenant, a good decision now is better than a great decision later. And that just led me down the path of realizing that I had to make good decisions right now. I couldn't wait for that great decision. I couldn't wait to ask for permission and have everything come down the line from the top of the pecking order because we didn't have time for that. We had to take it upon ourselves to get out there and to try things and to make mistakes and to ask for forgiveness instead of permission when we messed up because we're going to mess up but at least we got out there and did things. And you even said you came out guns blazing. So, I mean, it was just a great correlation. And I definitely, from that point forward, always went forward with that mantra. I'm going to ask for forgiveness, not for permission, because I'm going to get out there and just do what I need to do, make mistakes, learn, pivot. And I've continued to move forward with that in my entrepreneurial world. It sounds like you are as well, Terry. And let's just use that to move into the other end of the spectrum, which is the aha moment. That is just light bulbs that are going off every single day for entrepreneurs on certain levels. But every now and then we have this big light bulb moment that goes off and we just say, wow, this is going to resonate so well with my target market, with my listener, with my audience. Have you had an aha moment like that, Terry? And if so, how'd you turn that moment into success? Sure. So this aha moment kind of came for me about a year ago. Uh, I guess it's kind of like a more like a life-changing moment, not like an aha moment. So uh, about a year ago, I was in the hospital for a small surgery. It was nothing major, but I was one of the youngest guys out of three beds in the room. And kindly, we were basically surrounded by, oh, I was surrounded by two guys next to me, and we were covered by curtains. Uh, we couldn't see each other. And so uh, during the day, one of the old men checked in next to me. He had a small fever, but he had a bad cough. Uh, the nurses couldn't really figure out what was wrong with him. And so throughout the day, uh, he got worse. And here I am sitting next to him, hearing him cough, uh, hearing his breath get shorter, and you know, he could barely breathe. And uh, in Asia, especially in Chinese cultures, there's a Buddhist prayer uh, that people chant when uh, people tend to start dying. And so his wife's voice, she started repeating these prayers, and I got very tense, and it started kind of carried over to me, and then I got scared, and she started yelling at the nurses to move him to a single room, and I started freaking out. And, you know, it's just the night before my operation, so I'm still fine to walk out. Uh, so I put my shoes out and I walk around to clear my head. And so when I come back two hours later, he's not there anymore. So I actually never knew what happened to him. And as I slept the night, I wondered, you know, why, why was I so scared? Because, you know, we all have to die one day. And, you know, and then I asked myself when I'm in his position, maybe at, you know, 80, 90 or maybe 100, you know, knock on wood. <laughs> you know, would I still be afraid like I was at, you know, 28? This was right. just a year ago. And so, you know, would I be happy with the life I lived and and the aha moment was that, you know, if not, uh, why wouldn't I change it now when I had the chance? And it had such a profound impact on me. Uh, and, you know, it really gave me clarity on what I had to do afterwards, after the surgery. And so that's really when I started to get, you know, to take this entrepreneurial stuff uh, seriously. And, you know, that moment just, it still kind of moves me to tears sometimes when I think about it right now. Well, rightfully so. That was such a powerful moment. Thank you for sharing that. I actually literally have chills right now because you just did such a great job describing how you felt in this bed next to this man and his wife and the desperation. And so powerful, Terry. Thank you for sharing that. And share with us now, what steps did you take after that aha moment that directly impacted where you are now? Sure. So one of the big things to make the entrepreneurial leap is that your de desire for change has to be your 
Okay, let me, <laughs> all right. Uh, one of the entrepreneurial leaps you need to take, kind of a mindset shift, is that your desire for change needs to be greater than your fear of failure. Because, oh, I love that. Because when you want you know, to change your circumstance, to change your reality more than you're scared of your failing, and that's when you really start to take action and start making things happen. And so what I did uh, was that I uh, kind of found podcasts, blogs, like guys like Pat Flynn, Tim Conley, uh, James Shremko that have all been on your show, just guys to follow and to look up to as mentors so you can cut down on the time you need uh, on the learning curve. And so I also joined a mastermind uh, called Dynamite Circle and kind of just really immersed myself in the whole environment because uh, there's a quote I think by Jim Rohn he says uh, you're the average of the five people around you and that's what I started doing I just started surrounding myself with these people digitally and you know I stopped partying I stopped going to these bars and wasting time because you know when you have a day job you only have 24 hours a day and after work you want to focus uh, on your desire to change and that's what I started doing that's great and Terry thus far have you had an I've made it moment Gosh, you know, I know you t- tend to get two types of answers. Most say no, I don't. Some say I do. But, you know, you know, since I'm just starting out, I would say the important thing is probably just remember the small milestones that kind of, you know, I've been only doing this for about six months to seven months. And so you know, anytime you get like an iTunes review, unsolicited feedback, people tell you how they love your show, how they love what you're doing, uh, you know, that, that stuff really kind of gives you the I've made it moment uh, as you go along. And I think, you know, every entrepreneur, even the successful ones, they always look back on these early days and think like, wow, there's kind of like a bittersweet moment that, you know, those days were tough, but, uh, you know, it was fun when you look back on it. And that, that's kind of the mindset I take uh, when it comes to this question. Well, you have listened to Entrepreneur on Fire before because that is definitely the response that I always come back with because for me, some people just really focus on that one moment as being so critical. But in the reality, something that I think you learned in that hospital just a year ago is that it's about the journey. And when you look back on your journey, when you're at your final resting spot or or close to it, you want to know that you actually enjoy the journey because you can't have these moments back. You have to be living every day and be passionate and have these great desires to just improve yourself and what you're doing and those around you. And you're on that journey, Terry, so I commend you for that. One more thing is that I guess if you expect this big I've made it moment, like it tends to always, you know, not it always tends to kind of be lower than your expectations, I guess. Kind of when you hear the really successful guys talk about it, they're like, oh yeah, you know, I made a million and then okay, let's make ten million next. And then kind of they keep putting these new objectives out there as entrepreneurs. No, and I had Barbara Corkin on the show back on December twenty eighth, two thousand twelve and She put it so well, just what you said. She sold her company, the Corcoran Group, went to the ATM machine the next day, got her weekly $200, got the little printout from the ATM machine from her checking account, was about to throw the slip away, then just kind of glanced at it, and it said $44 million was in her checking account. And obviously, that's an aha moment of sorts. Most people would say, wow, Mm -hmm. that's great. And for her, it was an aha moment, but it was pretty short-lived. You know, it was a great milestone for her to hit, but she immediately said to herself, all right, Barbara, now what? What's that next step? And as you can see now from the Shark Tank and just many other ventures that she's been on, she's continued to have these aha moments, these I've made it moments, and these milestones along her journey. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So Terry, let's dive into your current business right now. You have a lot of exciting things going on and you're having to make things happen 
despite having a full-time job. And I love having you on the show for that reason specifically, because you're showing that it can be done, that somebody can wake up before they go to work, write down a few tasks that they need to accomplish throughout the day, and then make sure those tasks are accomplished before work, during lunch breaks, or after work, because you're sacrificing other things. So all the Fire Nation listeners out there who have full-time jobs can use you as an example of, you know what, I can start rolling my ball down the hill to pick up the momentum that's so critical as an entrepreneur. So share with us what you have going on. Take your time. Sure. So the last week uh, we had Chinese New Year's off in Asia here. So uh, this time we're recording, it's about mid-February. And so I decided to do something kind of crazy. So I wanted to meet more people that were interested in e-commerce offline. So I joined a bunch of meetup groups uh, kind of a month before and I emailed a bunch of these owners uh, saying, hey, I'll be in town. Do you want me to present about e-commerce to your group? And so uh, one of the biggest WordPress groups in San Diego accepted me. And so last week I had my first speech to about 45 uh, business owners that were interested in starting an online store. And uh, each of them paid $12 to attend. So I was like, wow, people are actually paying to watch me speak instead of, you know, being on a podcast on iTunes. And that was kind of really exciting because, you know, that's when I knew I was building something bigger than myself, you know, despite still being at a day job. And that's when I realized that, hey, you know, this is kind of like another aha moment you get uh, every day. And so uh, what I'm doing after with that now is uh, I'm going to do a one monthly webinar. And I kind of my list is growing from that event. People are still spreading the word. Uh, and so kind of just taking it one day, one step at a time. And so it's very interesting when you know, people are naturally spreading what you're doing. It gives you kind of like a validation that you're on the right path and this is the way you should be going. Okay, take a couple minutes and share with Fire Nation exactly what it is that you do. Share with us what your podcast is all about and what you're envisioning everything to come out to in fruition when you finally reach that platform you're looking to create. Sure. So the goal of the podcast and website is to become the number one resource center for bootstrap e-commerce entrepreneurs. So a lot of people, when they start out, they want to start an online store. Uh, they go to these platforms like Shopify, BigCommerce. Uh, they sign up, but there's really lacking the education side of it in terms of uh, kind of where do you get started with SEO? You know, what are the mistakes you can make? Uh, kind of uh, just there's no one really showing you an example from real people out there. And that's what I really wanted to do, taking people that are really running e-commerce stores out there doing the hard work to show people that, hey, this is how you do it. This is the mistakes you'll make. And here's the path that you should go to. And so uh, right now, it's just a podcast and kind of I'm starting some YouTube videos and webinars. But I think uh, once kind of the full-scale vision of this business, uh, there will obviously be a membership site. I obviously want to start my own store and use it as a case study to show people, hey, this is how I did my corporation. Here's how I talk with suppliers. Uh, here's how I do my fulfillment. And just to show people that, hey, you know, it's not a black hole on running an e-commerce store, and this is how you should do it. And to use it as an example to inspire more people to take the leap, like myself, to leave the day job kind of corporate rat race. Absolutely. And Pat Flynn is a great example of somebody who has utilized case studies on himself to the maximum degree with his niche site duel that he went up head to head with another entrepreneur and they created a site randomly. They were secret from each other, but then they were completely transparent when they came out. And now his niche site is generating over $4,000 every single yeah. month, completely passive, going along with his smart passive income approach. So it is just exciting to see how great case studies can be. And I think you've got a great idea with doing a case study on yourself, Terry. Yeah, I think just doing it in e-commerce where kind of no one's really done it before would be really cool too because everyone always has ideas of selling stuff online, but to see someone actually show you how to do it from a you know 100% transparent perspective would be really cool, I think. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, I would be your first client because I 
would love to build an e-commerce site to have products and services and doing it the right way. But again, there's just not those videos out there, those tutorials, those step-by-step educational tools and resources that there should be. So, I mean, I'm very excited for the path that you're taking. Yeah, and there's kind of a side tangent I'll go off here. So when I first started, you kind of have the internet marketing world where people just sell digital products, right? And then you kind of have people that sell physical products in e-commerce. And what I realized is that a lot of internet marketers that have been in the business for the past few years, they want to get into physical products because they're sick of doing webinars, ebooks, you know, kind of doing these product launch formula type of uh, making money online things. And so you ha- on the other side of the spectrum, you have e-commerce entrepreneurs who are just getting into the business, but they don't really know much about email marketing, kind of the whole internet marketing side. And so I'm kind of positioned in between the two worlds, I guess. And so it's interesting to see how everyone thinks the grass is greener on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> and that will always be the case. Fire Nation, let's take a second here to once again thank our sponsor, Audible. They are the reason this content will always be free for you. If you love Entrepreneur on Fire, you will love the 100,000 plus audiobooks Audible has. And spoiler alert, Terry is about to recommend The Art of Racing in the Rain by Gar Stein. And you can go grab this audiobook for free and get a 30-day trial by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash fire. I've been an Audible member for years now, and there are a number of reasons they are the only place to go for audiobooks. Audible provides the best value, the best customer care, and the best selection of titles. So go grab an audiobook today and support Entrepreneur on Fire by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash fire. That's audiblepodcast.com slash fire. So Terry, we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning round. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us Fire Nation with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I avoided the truth for fear of destroying the illusions I built in my life. And the truth that uh, what society says of going to a job, going to school, uh, get a good job and, you know, retiring and everything will be taken care of you was just not for me. And so it was also the fear of people saying that, hey, you're crazy. You know, you have a nice job. What are you doing starting this thing on the side? And I do get less of it now. But anyone that wants to say that to me, I just say, hey, you know, get in line. And so for anyone who hasn't made the leap yet, you know, if you know in your gut this is something you want to do, just start something small. You know, like I said, do three things a day just to get the ball rolling because, you know, the last thing you want to do is, you know, like in my story, you want to, you don't want to be on your deathbed 70, 80 years old and regretting not ever trying it, even if you fail. Powerful. What is the best business advice you've ever received? Sure. This comes from Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, uh, Seek First to Understand, Then to Be Understood. Uh, so one thing I realized kind of working in political fundraising and in a corporate world is that, you know, whether you're in sales, marketing, communication, or even relationships with friends, girlfriends, boyfriends, uh, it's really easy to think me, 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 and think, you know, how can they not see that or understand what I'm trying to say? And it really comes from a lack of empathy, I guess, from their perspective. And in the end, you know, business is about people and relationships. So no, no matter what industry you're in, online, offline, tech, non-tech, entry-level, senior management, and it's really empathy and being a good communicator that builds relationships and which in turn builds great businesses and connections and collaborations. So I think that's kind of my uh, best business advice I ever got. Yeah, great insight. What is something that's working for you right now? 
podcasting. I mean, <laughs> we're both on this medium, and so yeah. it's working great. I mean, just seeing how it can come from you know ten downloads a day to like you know three hundred to four hundred, and you're getting ten k a month or like you know hundred thousand plus a month. It's just incredible that you know there's this outlet now. Where ten years ago, you know, we didn't have this. This did not exist 10 years ago. And even three years ago, it wasn't on this level because now every single person has a smartphone, has a tablet, has Wi-Fi access wherever they are, and they can stream or download content that they want on demand for free. Why wouldn't they? When people find out about podcasting, they fall in love for obvious reasons. And it's just a great meeting to be in. I'm glad that you're joining us, Terry. Yeah, awesome to be here. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with Fire Nation? Yes. So this one thing I use every day is an app called Antisocial. I think it's for Mac or PC. So what it does is it blocks all your social media accounts whenever you turn it on. So you turn it on for, say, 60 minutes, 90 minutes. You can set the time limit. It blocks your Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, even custom websites that you want. And so what it does is anytime you try to visit it, it'll block it. And the only way to get rid of this is to wait till the timer runs out or you restart your computer. And usually by then, you know, it's a huge pain to restart and you end up uh, becoming more productive by not wasting time on Facebook or, you know, going on Twitter. So this is kind of my tool I've been using every day. And I would recommend to everyone if you're having kind of productivity issues of focusing and being distracted by these platforms. Oh, like everybody else, I fall into that trap. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just going to check Twitter real quick just to see if anybody's mentioned me. And then it just turns into like this 30 minute back and forth conversation with this random person on Twitter that I just had no reason to get into. And it's just, <laughs> it's insane. Antisocial, I will link that up in the show notes, entrepreneuronfire.com slash Terry Lynn. Great stuff. If you could recommend a book for Fire Nation, what would it be? Sure. So it's not a business book. It's a book I personally enjoy called The Art of Racing in the Rain by Gar Stein. And the book is about a dog that believes he'll be a human after he dies. So it's written from his perspective uh, as how he grows up and he spends his life with the owner who's a race car driver. And so uh, the dog, I believe his name is Enzo. Uh, He watches TV to learn uh, as a dog and he tries to get a head start so that when he reincarnates, he'll be years ahead of all the other kids. And so uh, I like this book because kind of like what I said about empathy and seeking first to understand, then to be understood. Uh, the book is written from a dog's perspective and kind of a lot of the things we take for granted as humans in our daily lives uh, tends to be forgotten. And so when you take this perspective kind of, you know, as how the dogs we love look at us, it makes you wonder, wow, you know, is this what they really think? And it kind of gets the whole empathy mindset going uh, for you and it kind of impacts your thinking after you read this book. So that's kind of the book I recommend. It's not a business book, very good read. Uh, you know, if you like pets, it's also a tearjerker, but I highly recommend it. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we will link that up in the show notes as well. So Terry, this next question is my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Sure. So I would go to meetup.com, create an event. 
uh, maybe make a sales video on the laptop, uh, spend some money on Facebook ads to drive people there. And I would host a live seminar on a subject. Since me, I'm an e-commerce, I would tell people, you know, how do you start your online store? And then I would record this event. I also post it online on iTunes, YouTube, leverage it and uh, charge maybe people $10, $20 to attend just to get them to invest a little bit and also uh, raffle off a prize at the end, make sure they stay. And so really it's all about just talking to people and building relationships because I think uh, in this day and age it's very easy to hide online and I'm finding that I think a lot of offline things like you know one-on-one interactions, phone calls, uh, these are really more effective because there's so little of them now. And so that's what I would do. Just go offline with the meetup group and start making connections. Great answer. And you are prepared, man. Most of my guests take about 20 seconds of deep contemplation, but boom, you launch right into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I had my questions all well thought out. I'm well prepared <laughs> guest. <laughs> I love it. So Terry, you've given us some great actionable advice this entire interview, and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then share with us how we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Sure. So I guess most of your listeners are people kind of still in their day job, just getting really inspired by these podcasts. And maybe they haven't made the leap yet or they're just starting out. You know, so if you're one of those people kind of just considering it, you know, and you're still in a day job like myself, you know, it's the oldest you'll ever get and the youngest you'll ever be. So just take the leap and get started. Uh, you know, like I said, just do three, five things a day, get the ball rolling and, uh, you know, just get started. It's the oldest you'll ever get and the youngest you'll ever be. I'm going to have like a whole day of just Terry Lynn tweets going out. I love this. <laughs> yeah, this is the quote I heard somewhere. I can't remember who it was, but these quotes that have such a profound impact on you, you just remember these and you can just like, you know, say these out because it hits the moment so well. So well. Terry, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise, and your experience. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Awesome, John. Fire Nation, what great idea do you have brewing inside you? Enough brewing. Take powerful action today. Go grab your domain and get your website up. I've created a simple seven-minute tutorial that will walk you through acquiring your domain for free all the way to your first post. Go to eofirewebsite.com to access this great tutorial, your free domain, and much more. That's eofirewebsite.com. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.